0: you will turn in your Bible to the passage that um, um, our deacon read just earlier from the book of Isaiah chapter 6, Brother M's, Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to read verses 1 through 8, verses 1 through 8. Today we Enter into a time of prayer to pray for our sister church, the um, Rock Haven Baptist Church, and for their pastor, Brother Happy Chandler. I've known him a long, long time. Uh, he was in Louisville pastoring a church up there, associate with, um, um, gosh, I can't think of his name now, uh, Zuber, uh, Brother Don Zuber, at um, um, church on Dixie Highway there. Can't think of the name of it now. My blind mind's just going blank this morning. But um, pray for Brother Happy. He is a fine man of God. He actually graduated from Southern Seminary with a Ph.D. in systematic theology. That's no small task. He is a bright, bright fellow and used of God in a powerful way in our association. Uh, He called me the other day. We chatted for a long time. It was so good to fellowship with him again. So let us pray for Rockhaven and pray for Brother Happy, Dr. Happy Chandler. Our Father and our God, we do thank you and praise you for servants like Brother Happy Chandler. We thank you for his dedication to you, to his church. We ask, O God, your great hand of blessing upon that congregation. We pray for them that their services today will uh, be uh, blessed by the Holy Spirit of God, uh, that his preaching will be anointed by the Holy Spirit of God, and that the people will be blessed and encouraged. Help us also, Lord, to speak what thus saith the Lord and to preach today about the holiness of God in what little understanding we have. And yet, Lord, we receive the Holy Spirit of God that transforms us and makes us more like the Holy Savior, Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. In His name we pray these things. Amen. After our worship service today, we're going to have a celebration of baptism. Uh, Joshua story is here today and he will be baptized and what we'll do is we'll exit from the sanctuary go into the um uh, the old sanctuary there there's a baptistry there and all the water is prepared and ready and those of you that want to stay and celebrate baptism you are welcome to do that in the year of king Uzziah's death I saw the Lord sitting on a throne lofty and exalted with the train of his robe filling the temple king uzziah was a good king a man used of god for israel's uh, benefit and instruction and yet he passed away and people wondered what will we do now what will we do now when the good king who took care of us is gone what will we do now It's a common dilemma that we all face in life. Trials come our way, and uh, grief comes our way, and we ask ourselves, what will we do now? These are times of anxiety. These are times when we wonder what the future will be. And in this time of uncertainty, the Lord presented himself to Isaiah, and this is Isaiah's call to be a prophet during this time of uncertainty in the kingdom of Israel. And it's amazing to me that when we think we don't know what the future is going to be, God reveals himself to to, to us. And he reveals himself as holy God. Last Sunday, we spoke of the sovereignty of God. We concluded that God's in charge and God is sovereign. Now we can get some rest. We don't have to run the world. We don't have to uh, be responsible for everything. We are responsible for our part. God's responsible for his part. And uh, so we don't have to overfunction, and we don't have to underfunction in life. We just take care of what we're responsible for. God takes care of what He's responsible for, and things work out for His honor and for His glory. So now we can get some rest, because God is sovereign and He rules and he reigns. But when God rules and He reigns, He reigns in holiness. Now when we think of the holiness of God, I want you to think about the son. It's good to be in the presence of the sun every day to allow the light and the warmth and the nurture uh, that the sun gives to us. Uh, That is all positive. We have life because there is a S-U-N sun. And this life gives us strength for the day. Uh, The plants grow because of the sun. The sun nurtures us. But if you get too close to the sun, you will burn. If you get too much of the sun you will burn. And so it is with the holiness of God. We are nurtured by God's holiness, but there is a distance between us and God. There is a gap. There is a distance. and This is called the holy otherness of God. God who stands apart from his creation. God who looks upon this world and blesses us and nurtures us And yet, in His holiness, He is aflame with fire. And when He touches us, we are changed. Where we are in His presence, our life is transformed. And so today, we're going to talk about God who is the Holy One. We're going to talk about becoming God's Holy Ones through Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about the evidence of the holiness of God in us which is righteous living God is holy God is righteous and when he lives in us there's evidence of his presence in our life in verse 2 we see this description of holy God beside him were the angels the seraphim stood about him each had six wings with two they covered their face with two they covered their feet and with two they flew And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Why are we here? Why do we exist? What is our purpose? The purpose of all creation is to bring glory to God. Angels bring glory to God. And you and I are to bring glory to God as well. So our life purpose is to glorify Almighty God and let Him be Lord of our life. Verse 4 says, The foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of Him who called out while the temple was filled with smoke. And then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. If you've ever been in the presence of holy God, First thing you realize is God is holy, but I'm not. God is holy, but I'm far, far from it. I like to enjoy the presence of Almighty God and the moments of holiness in God's presence. And usually, when I'm on holy ground, I blubber, a tear will come. Because the presence of God is just more than I can emotionally stand. And when God is present, when I allow him to be fully revealed, whether through music or through the preached word, I have a way of just letting it overflow and come out my eyeballs and just blubber and just let the Holy Spirit rule and reign. I don't know about you, but that does me a lot of good. That kind of catharsis because I realize that I'm not holy I'm not holy and there's something in me called sin that wants to be removed there's something in me called guilt that wants to be removed there's something in all of us when we're in the presence of holy God that we are reminded of very quickly that God is holy and we are not we are sinners we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God we have not given God the glory with our life we've lived for ourselves We have lived out of selfishness. We have lived trying to pattern our own way and make our own way. But we've come to realize that when God is holy and God is in our presence and we are in His presence, we need Him so much. We need Him to transform us, to redeem us, to set us free, and to remove the guilt and that which separates us from Holy God. And so God was gracious to Isaiah when He called him. He said, The one Uh, The one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with the tongues, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. I thank God today that when I'm in his holy presence, he washes my sins away. That is the grace and mercy of Almighty God. God's holiness and God's mercy go together. Without the mercy of God, we could not stand His holiness. We we could not withstand the holiness of God if it were not for His grace and His mercy in our life. And so, of all the things that God does in His righteousness, you know what the righteousness of God is, don't you? A righteous God means that God is always right. Number two, that God is always in the right. Number three, God is is always seeing that the right gets done. That's the righteousness of God. And so the righteousness of God that's revealed when he is in our presence, in his holiness, we are reminded that we need him because without him we're nothing. We are nothing. Then in verse 8 is Isaiah's calling. I heard the voice from the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, here am I, send me. This is Isaiah's call in verses 1 through 8. And God has called us also to a life of holiness. So when we think about the holiness of God, we think about his power and his presence that is wholly other than us. And uh, much like the sun, as we mentioned earlier. Also in this passage of scripture, it says that his train filled the temple. If you and I were in the temple of the Lord and his presence were to appear to us today in that kind of manifestation or revelation, if you will, uh, it would be like the, the, the fog of his powerful train and his presence would just fill this place. And when he fills this place, he fills his people with himself as well. His train fill the temple. Jesus taught us that we can be in the very holy presence of God. We do not need to fear the holiness of God. And he said it this way. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven. Jesus said you and I can have that intimate personal relationship with Holy God by calling him Abba, Father. Yes, God is holy other. God is not my buddy. God is my friend but he's not my buddy. He's wholly other from me. And in his holiness, he invites me into a fellowship and a presence with him through conversation called prayer. And so when I pray, I'm to say, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. That's kind of like saying Daddy. If you were in Africa, they would say, Mangu Baba. Mangu Baba. Our Father, which art in heaven. What? Hallowed be thy name the beginning of a right relationship with god is understanding that he is holy and that we are not hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven secondly the bible teaches us not only is god holy and we are not but we become god's holy ones through the risen christ we do not become holy by putting on holy clothes. Uh, We do not become holy by manifesting ourselves as wearing a certain dress. Uh, You've heard the expression holy people. Uh, You've met people in a certain denomination or a certain uh, denomination of the Christian church. And um, maybe they wear a long dress. Maybe they don't cut their hair. Maybe they don't wear makeup. And so we say these are holy people. Folks, it's not your outward appearance that makes you holy. It's who lives inside of you that makes you holy. Holy is not an external exhibition of right and wrong. Holy is the manifestation of the very character of God living in you and living in me. And that revelation of God in His fullness was Jesus Christ. In Him... The fullness of God dwelt in bodily form, Colossians chapter 1. The whole key to understanding the book of Colossians is that one verse. The fullness of God dwelt in Christ in bodily form. He was very God and very man, and God with us. God with us, who is holy and righteous, lives in us through the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And when we trust in Christ and believe in Him... It is the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Martin Luther wrestled with this idea of righteousness and the God of holiness living in him. And when he read from the book of Romans, chapter 1 and verse 17, it says, For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith. Luther later, later said, I realize for the first time there, speaking to his students in the seminary, he said, I realized for the first time that my own justification, my own being right before God, depends not on my righteousness, which always falls short, but it rests solely and completely on the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which I must hold on to by trusting faith. It is Christ, the Holy One of God, living in us as we believe in Him, that makes us justified before God. And the word justification simply means just as if we had never sinned. Isn't it amazing that we can be transformed and be forgiven of all of our sin because of the presence of the Christ who is the Son of God living inside of us. When the uh, angel took that uh, coal and placed it upon the lips of Isaiah... And told Isaiah, you're now cleansed, you're now transformed. That's the same thing that happens to us when we believe in Jesus as our Savior and our Lord. We are made holy by the Holy One who lives in us. Therefore, you're called a saint. The New Testament word for saint is agioi, means holy one. And you're called a saint. Do you ever think of yourself as a saint? Point to your neighbor and say, I'm a saint, are you? Doesn't feel quite right, does it? There's something about that is a little pretentious, is it not? But you and I are made holy by the presence of the Jesus Christ, the Holy One of God living in us. And when the Apostle Paul writes his letters in the New Testament, he appeals to this holiness, and he writes to the saints at Ephesus, to the saints at philippi to the saints at wherever he's writing and he's writing to those who believe in the lord jesus christ that you are now made holy because of the holy one who lives in you jesus christ have you ever been around true a truly holy person i always consider dr billy graham to be one of the holiest people i've ever gotten close to and i remember at a convention where he was preparing to preach that I just had to get close to him. Just something about, I want the radiance of God in this man to bleed off on me. I needed all I could get. And uh, this was in uh, St. Louis, I believe. And he was preparing to preach, and he was up on the podium, and I made my way up there, and I walked right behind him, and I thought to myself, I am in the presence of a holy man, because now I want to be holy, too. And that's how you know you're in the presence of holy people. Because there's something about them that makes you want to be holy also. Being holy is transformative. And becoming holy is not effort on our part, but it is the transformation presence of Almighty God in us. In whom does the Lord dwell? Isaiah 57 verse 15 says, For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell on a high and a holy place, and also, also with the contrite and lowly spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Those who desire humility, those who desire to be molded, those who desire to be cleansed in the presence of Almighty God are the ones that God honors with His power and His presence of holiness. It's amazing, isn't it? How our pride repels the holiness of God it is amazing how our self sufficiency of being in America, being an American, and celebrating our independence repels the holiness of God. But if we have a contrite heart, if we're willing to humble ourselves as Isaiah did before the Lord, admit our sinfulness, admit our need for holy God to transform us because we are not holy and yet there's something in us that desires this cleansing we desire relief we we desire freedom from the guilt of our sin We, we desire God to bring revival we desire God to sweep through us so that we're not like we came into this place that we might leave being different from the way that we came in we desire to be holy And then we can all sing together. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three-person, blessed Trinity. Holiness is our inner garment, not our outer garment. And when holiness is in our, in our inner garment, we are living a life of righteousness. We want to do what's right. We want to do what's blessed. I preached a funeral this week for a gentleman who gave me a pocket knife. Uh, I was preaching one Sunday. We'd found a pocket knife at church. It was very nice and uh, didn't know quite what to do with it. So I decided one Sunday to use it as an illustration uh, of a moral decision. What do I do with this pocket knife that I found? Do I just take it in my pocket and do I keep it? That's one option. Uh, do I sell it? it? belongs to somebody else. Do I sell it and profit from the sale? Uh, what do I do with this pocket knife? So I began to preach on the morality of having this um, pocket knife in my hand. And when the service is over, this dear man reached into his pocket and pulled out a little buck knife just about this long, and he gave it to me. He said, Preacher, I don't want you to ever be without a pocket knife. (laughs) That was the sweetest little buck knife I've ever had in my life. I preached his funeral this week, and I gave it back to his wife, and I said, this belongs to you, and this belongs to your family. I want you to always remember the generosity of Jim Ray. Holiness makes you generous, because that's who God is. He is a generous God. He is a holy God. He is a generous God. He has the ability and He is willing to wash your slate clean. He gave His life that you and I might be forgiven of our sin. He is generous in His love. He is generous in His holiness. He is not holy in order that we might never attain to Him. He is holy in order that we might become like Him in His Son, Jesus Christ. And when we are in His presence, we become like Him in so many ways. One thing we need to do to train and grow in holiness is to see it as a spiritual discipline that we practice every single day. Practice holiness every single day. That doesn't mean being goody-two-shoes. That does mean being Christ to somebody. Whoever you're with, somebody needs compassion. Somebody needs somebody to listen to them. Somebody needs somebody to sit down in the hole with them and say, I understand how you feel, but I know a way out. Let me walk with you. Let me journey with you through this time. Let me pray with you. Let me encourage you. Let's stay in contact with each other. That's being Christ to people that you find. This world is missing kindness. This world is missing compassion. This world is missing empathy and understanding. And if we will but take time to listen, if we will but take time to pray, if we will but take time to be concerned, it will transform your relationships. You will become a valuable person in the midst of people who are selfish in our time. So let us train in humility and Christ-likeness. Let it become a spiritual discipline that we practice every day. And secondly, let us train in the Word of God. For it is this Word of God that's going to transform us. All Scripture, the Bible says, is inspired by God, and it is profitable for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And it is this Word that's going to transform us. And as we read it, as we study this word, as we allow it to change us, we become more the holy ones, the saints of God. For we are to be willing to say, here am I, send me. Have you said that? Have you said that to God? Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me to school. Here am I, Lord, send me to the classroom to be your witness. To be a person that resembles Christ in this crowd of young people who are looking for character, who are looking for purpose in life. Lord, let me be that person here. Isaiah went to his own people. He didn't go to a foreign land. He went to his own people. And he shared a word from the Lord with his own people. And they didn't like it. (laughs) They didn't like it. And Jesus said, it's not unusual to be a prophet without honor in your own country. But don't let it stop you from being the witness God wants you to be, because as time goes along, people will remember that you stood for Christ. You stood for what was right and righteous. You were the person that did not give in to the trends of the time, and they want to be like you. Be that holy person, be that holy teacher, be that holy student, be Christ to others. And you will transform the world around you. Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? Holy Father, we thank you that we can enter into your holiness. That we have been invited into this space of holiness. As we proclaim your word. As we live according to your word as we allow the holy spirit of god to mold us and shape us to cleanse us and clarify our purpose in life which is to serve you the true and the living god may we offer our bodies a living and a holy sacrifice holy and pleasing unto god that lord you will be honored by how we live how we walk what we say what we do that the holiness of god would be revealed and lord when we do experience those holy moments like the Mount of Transfiguration. Help us, Lord, not to want to dwell there forever, but to take that holy uh, perception, that holy transformation, and go down the mountain into the valleys where people live in unholy lands. And may we be the person of Christ to them. I pray today that there be someone who will come forward in this invitation to give their life to Jesus. I pray they'll come this morning while we sing this hymn. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.